Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 351. I am your host, Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, an independent website covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. And joining me, as he often does, about as often as we do these shows, David Rowe in Tallahassee. Dave, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm getting prepared for the trip down to see you and the rest of the faithful. That is right. You are coming down here in and invading from Tallahassee. You are invading Orlando, and we will get to see you this weekend. Have you uh, have you already made plans with Lee Gavlik or any of the uh, the other regulars? Um, I, I haven't. So by all means, reach out to me, guys. Although our our good friend uh, uh, Luis has reached out to me about the the Pride match and maybe uh, getting to getting to see him a bit. So uh, there's that. And uh, you know, I'm I'm just open, man. Let's uh let's go down and have a good time. <laughs> well, hopefully the Pride will be chomping at the bit to play after not getting to play in New Jersey on Wednesday because of the poor air quality thanks to the canadian wildfires um so i don't know what we're going to talk about like literally nothing happened in soccer this week yeah there's been no big news especially on the like the player front yeah i don't know what was it's just been boring oh wait i do remember seeing something it was about some guy Lionel messi uh, yeah, you call him Lionel. I call him Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, potato, potato. I suppose we should talk about the 180 billion pound elephant in the room, which is that inter Miami, uh, is, is going to, uh, going to get, they haven't got him yet. He said he's going to go there, but he hasn't signed a contract yet. Lionel Messi has uh, spurned millions to go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, he's not going back to Barcelona, I suspect, because they're in having financial issues of their own and cannot afford him. And so Inter Miami was interested in him. Obviously, that's been rumored for quite some time, and uh, there's absolutely no way Inter Miami could get him. There's absolutely no way, unless the entire league decides to help and that's what happened you've got mls 
going all in on uh, getting more eyeballs, selling more subscriptions to Apple MLS season pass. You've got uh, the kit partner for the club or for the entire league is going to give him a piece and you're going to get a piece of an MLS club as well. Lionel Messi, you're getting a lot of things and a lot of people are very excited about this. And Mm -hmm. Just not to sound like a curmudgeon, but I'm just not. I, I get the excitement. I understand. I understand. It, you it. Know, one of the arguably, arguably the greatest of all time. I mean, he's not on my list of greatest, but he's up there and, you know, is, is coming to the league in which our club plays. Um, they're using all kinds of funky mechanisms to make it happen so that they can pay him. Like you said, getting a piece of the jerseys, getting a piece of the Apple TV. Yes. Completely and totally unprecedented, which in the, you know, those who are for it will argue, well, it's an, it's an unprecedented, you know, opportunity, you know, Mm -hmm. given who he is and what he's done. And, and I understand that, um, my, so there's people online that were saying, you know, look, it's because of the single entity that MLS is. There's a reason that it's, you know, everybody's going to get a piece because, you know, your your ticket sales are going to go up if you're the club. Um, you know, jersey sales are going to go up. It, you know, it's the, the wealth is going to spread. It's, you know, it's trickle-down messy economics. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is that we, we know trickle-down economics doesn't work. And even if uh, Orlando City gets uh, more tickets sold for one game a season, um, Okay, how does that help my team? How does that help my on the field product? It's not significant enough to be for me to be able to go or for the club to be able to go out and buy somebody that is that level. Mm. That's it's not enough money for that. Um, so my on the field product is is hurt by this. So the 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 spoils of Messi coming to MLS are not divided equally. Yeah, that's 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 how I look at it. All right. The thing about this is obviously there's there are a lot of pros. You're going to get a lot more subscriptions to, to MLS season pass. You're going to sell a lot more tickets to people who otherwise might not have come to a game uh, in every city that they play in. Um, you're going to sell a lot more shirts. Unfortunately, they're all going to be ugly pink ones, but you're going to sell more of them. Right. So I, I see I see uh, the club owners. Uh, who you know rely on ticket sales benefiting? Mm-hmm. I see Apple TV benefiting. I mm-hmm. see Adidas benefiting. I still don't see where it benefits uh, Orlando City on the field. No, in in fact, uh, you know there are there are stadiums that will be a lot more. It will be a lot more beneficial. You know, you, you go to go to Chicago play in Soldier Field. They can open up the upper deck. Same with Seattle and places like that. Uh, if Messi plays on turf, we don't know if Messi plays on turf yet. We have seen well, a lot of we have seen a lot of big stars come here and not play on AstroTurf. So I I was having a conversation with uh, my good friend Rich here in town today, and we were obviously talking about this. And you know, I, I mentioned that I said, look, because he he's a Portland fan. Mm-hmm. I said, you guys might not, you know get to see him play up there and, and he he made a good point he goes this might be the thing that gets them to put grass down it's possible and i i actually had that same conversation yesterday where um if anything is going to make that happen this will make that happen or at least it will give the front office and don garber 
a little bit of leverage to say, you know, you need to get this done to the clubs that still aren't doing turf. I don't think that's going to translate to uh, NFL owner Bob Kraft in New England, um, who probably won't care. But, right, you know, maybe you never know. Um, The thing is, uh, the thing about this is that that bothers me. I mean, obviously it's, it's huge for, for eyeballs. It's huge for a building a buzz. It does not do anything to the thing that MLS has tried to shed for years, which is the sort of the reputation as a retirement league. Yeah, exactly. Retirement league. I mean, Messi's 35. Yes. He's still got a few years left in those legs based on what he's done with PSG. Um, I don't watch the French league, so I, I really couldn't say aside from the top, teams who's actually good in that league or not but he's gotten it done certainly he's not going to be passing the ball to Neymar and Mbappe uh here in 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 Miami um I also think that there here's I want to I guess I want to go through some of the cons that that bother me one count on delays for people jumping out of the stands and onto the field to touch Messi or to be with Messi, or to go get a selfie, or whatever. Um, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen a lot. Might this lead to partitions between the stands and the field the way we see in some of the European leagues? It could, and I don't want that in MLS. I like I like the way MLS is now uh, in terms of, you know, you have that nice open view. You don't have to worry about it. You do still have people rushing the field, but we even saw people jump on the field for Kaká. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to happen for Messi, and it's going to happen in every place he visits. It is, and and if it's a temporary partition that's put up for the Messi matches, okay, you know, as long as it's something that can then be put away and for the non-Messi matches, uh, I'm not worried about it. I I, I also I, I do want to just hop back real quick to the if if there's more grass comes from Messi being in the league. My position on this will shift to it's a overall slight negative to it's an overall slight positive. Yeah, that's a pro. So we're we're right. here to discuss the pros and cons, and that's definitely a pro. Uh, so I don't c- continue. Think, I don't think it's a good look for the league to bend over backwards to help a team that it just had to smack down for breaking financial rules. Yeah, yeah, that's that's poorly timed to say the least. Uh, now it may be that, and this is funny when you hear me say it it may be that no other team is really interested in having Lionel messi on the team mm, i don't know about that doesn't seem likely that doesn't seem likely uh but yeah this this uh it it just smacks of more of the same favoritism that uh, that you know beckham has been getting ever since basically stepping foot in the u.s but mm-hmm. you know garber promised him a team and then you got to get a stadium, got to get a stadium. What did it take him three years to come up with an actual stadium plan? Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Once the team was in existence. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bending over for certain teams uh, by the league office continues to bother me because it is, this is single entity. You're supposed to love all your children the same. And the league office clearly loves some children more than others especially if those children live in Los Angeles, New York, Atlanta, or Miami. That is correct. You have the, the right, uh, you have tier level one there, which you just named. And then there's 
probably two other tiers. And, uh, and then I'm below all good. those tiers is Orlando. Right, because for <laughs> somehow, I, th- I think Don Garber is just pissed off that he, he put all these things in place uh, to make Orlando do, to be able to be an MLS, and then they did it. And he was like, dang it, fine, you're in. <laughs> I can't and we haven't seen the it. change with the, with our billionaire owners now. We still haven't seen the, the coming around and the change to, oh, you have billionaire owners, and so now I like you. Yeah, I think there, there are nights when... If Orlando beats one of those teams, Don just says, man, if I'd have just had one, one fewer cocktail that night, yeah, uh, they wouldn't even be here. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, um, it's go ahead. The Euro snobs are not going to stop being Euro snobs. They're going to say, oh, Messi's going over there. And yeah, sure. Of course he's tearing it up because that's not a very good league. There's Versus it's, when it's he really isn't no tearing way. it up in the other leagues. It's yeah. It's it's no win. It's a no win situation. Like they'll they'll say talk about how he's not good enough to play in the big leagues anymore. So he came over here to to spend his golden years and feast on on MLS. Uh, you know, uh, poor quality. And so there's there's no benefit there. The big benefit obviously is is you're going to sell more tickets. You're going to sell more of everything. Um, but it also there's nothing left to give the next guy. There's, the, yeah. you know, if if you wanted to get um, Lewandowski over here, or um, you know, somebody like Kylian Mbappe, or somebody like that, somebody that's that's, you know, obviously there isn't another name like Messi um, out there. But to get to that salary level, where do you go? You've you've hamstrung all the other teams now because you've you've already leveraged your two biggest partners to pay this one guy. Um, and the other thing too is, and I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to MLS players association salary drop comes out after he joins, because I want to see how laughably low it is. We'll never really know how much this guy makes. We'll never have that, that figure that's going to not be transparent. We will never actually know the amount of money he got. So we can't compare it to what he actually turned out. Yeah, because there's no way, you know, the way, I, at least as far as how I understand it, it's going to be, you know, MLS season pass um, from the time he joins the league, he's getting a cut of that, but we don't know what that cut is. So even if you can figure out how many subscriptions happened, you don't know what his piece of it is. So you can't figure out that number. Same thing on the kits. You, you know, even if it's just Miami kits that get sold with Messi's name on it, you know, you might even be able to figure out how many of that are that that is, but you won't know what his percentage of it is. So right. there's there's no way to figure out that number. So you're right. We're not going to. There is no conceivable way of figuring out how much we can make other than to go. It's a crap done. Mm-hmm. And then another con came up this week. I mean, we our own Sean Rollins went, and I didn't even think to do this. Sean went on um, Ticketmaster to, d- to determine, you know, who's selling their seats now. And yep. a bunch of the people around him are trying to sell a seat just to the Miami game for enough money to pay for their entire season ticket. I don't blame mm-hmm. them for doing that. That's not a bad strategy because then you're funding your whole next year um, season ticket for Orlando City. But it just feels bad and wrong to me. It, it's definitely icky and dirty and and you, you want to take a shower after you know seeing that, doing that, or hearing that. Yeah, um, and 
tickets for uh, Red Bull Arena were going in the thousands. Um, like basically tickets across the country were instantly going for a crap ton of money. And I mean, is that what we want? We, we you can't bring your kids to the game. My uh, my boss was very excited when he found out about Messi. He's oh, I'm, I'll definitely be there at that game. And I said, you definitely won't be there at that game because you're not a season ticket holder. So you're not going to get the the first come first serve from season ticket holders, and you're not going to want to pay the prices that are going to be on the secondary market. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. I I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but you know, my stepdaughter, she's a Messi fan, and you know, I've I've told her that uh um i'll buy her a messy jersey but it'll be from you know argentina national team or psg or <laughs> barcelona she's not getting an inner miami one um not not my house dang it but you know she she would love to go see him play live and i would love to do that for her because i love her i can't do it yeah and i i every kind of know people and i know i couldn't do it yeah, I'm already dreading the September meeting because I know that the press box is going to be Insane. just absolutely jam-packed. Uh, there might be regular media that cover the team, maybe even us, who yeah. don't who don't get credentials for that. Um, we'll have to wait and see how it goes, but that would be that would be bad. I mean, that would be bad if the people that have been covering the team for years can't go. Um, and continue to cover the game because this guy is bringing in, you know, Argentina media, national media, and Euro- European media. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's European media from all over the world will be here for this. More people will travel up from Miami to cover it. Um, Miami, Inter Miami today has way more fans than it had two days ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's. It's the LeBron effect times a million, but basically yeah. it's like, well, no one watches the heat. Then you get LeBron James. Oh, everybody watches the heat now. And the same thing with inner Miami, they languishing in attendance. They sign Messi. They're going to be sold out the rest of the year. And for as long as he's there. That's, that is true. And you know, that's okay. That that's Good for them. They get that. They get that benefit. Yeah. Uh, where, where we, where we get to laugh is when, he retires from inner Miami and we watch those, uh, season ticket, uh, those season tickets just drop off the face of a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and they will. And really some of that will happen when the novelty wears off because I lived in South Florida. I worked in South Florida sports. That's what happens. Um, you know, it may, it may not happen with Messi for a year or two years, but it depends on how long he's here. Eventually, there will be a, a less interest until the playoffs, assuming they make the playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, they're a uh, they're very much of a, what have you done for me lately, uh, you know, type of crowd down there. And uh, look, that's just how it is. I'm I'm not making, I'm not entirely making a judgment on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they need they they need big names to to get butts in the stands. Sad day for them, you know or happy day for them now because they have one, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, eventually he'll be gone and then, you know, the back where you were. Yeah. Now we know that players have come here and taken some time to adjust to the league. Um, Messi's not the kind of player that will need a whole lot of time to adjust. Now, whether or not his teammates can adjust to him, that's another thing because we've, we've seen firsthand when a, a Ballon d'Or winner 
puts a ball into some space where he knows that's the logical place for a guy to run because that's where it's going to open up. Right. Some of the MLS level players don't see that same space. They don't see the game the way that guys like him see it. So it may not work all the time the way that people think it will. I mean, mm-hmm. we we expected the numbers for Kaká to be way higher than they were. But that's just the, the reality is that it's not a one-man game. Now, yes, Messi can make people miss and and dribble between guys. He's going to score some. It's going to get annoying how many times you see the MLS account tweet about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, no, it'll be annoying. <laughs> but it, it's going to happen, so get ready for it. Um he will probably be placed on this year's all-star team. I'm guessing if he's here, uh, I don't know if he's going to be ready to play just yet, but um, um, that wouldn't surprise me at all, but he would definitely be a commissioner's pick. If he walked in today and said, yeah, I'm going to play. Um, I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to take any time off. Uh, but my understanding is he's supposedly going to arrive sometime around the league's cup. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I read somewhere today that, you know, he, he might be around for that, you know, uh, July time. And then, but because of uh, breaks and things like that, like August would be when he finally plays an MLS match. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see as far as the, as far as the all-star uh, match, I'm surprised that he's not already been named. So here's the other thing too, is that with the league being all in on the success of this player and his health um, to sell all of the things we've already talked about. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely no way that you can tell me. I mean, obviously he was already going to get special treatment anyway, because of who he is. But now that the league has a vested interest in him, you're not going to be able to touch him without getting at least a yellow card. Yeah. The, the, the level of of cleanliness that you're going to have to to go into try and defend him with is um, Mister Clean, bald head, uh, squeaky squeaky clean. That most of these guys are not necessarily going to be able to do. So there's going to be foul out. He's going to get every single foul called, and oftentimes you're right. It's going to result in a yellow. Yeah, he's going to. It, it doesn't matter if somebody even touches him. If he falls down, there's going to be a whistle. So yep, it, it's, it's going to happen. And in fact, maybe the messy effect is already starting to happen or has already started yeah. to happen because there was a very pivotal U S open cup match just last mm-hmm. night. And I know MLS doesn't control the U uh, S open cup, but let's just say they're an important stakeholder based on the fact that all the teams left are in the league. Um, a very blatant handball in the box on Miami last night uh, could have given, given Birmingham a one nil lead from the spot. It was somehow not called and there is no VAR in us open cup, but there is no way that that referee did not see how far from the body that hand was and that the ball hit it. There's given his position, he couldn't have not seen it. So uh, has it already been happening so that, Messi can arrive on our shores and instantly lift Miami to their first trophy. I don't know. I'm just saying you can't discount it. And the reason you can't discount it is because there is so much riding on this one player. Yeah. We're not, we're not saying that they didn't make that call because of Messi, but we're not, not saying it. 
Yeah, but if they if they were going to make a call based on Messi, it might look a lot like that. Yeah, yeah, and especially if there's no VAR. Now it might sound like oh, sour grapes Orlando fans because they you know their big rivals got him. Fair enough, okay, but I'm actually excited to have him here because of all the extra attention it will bring to the league. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think it's a I, I don't think we want this much smoke is what I'm saying. Um, it is it's it's a lot, but it's I don't know that it's going to help. I think it's going to bring in more eyeballs, but will it help in the long run the perception of this league? I don't think so. I, I think that this move alone doesn't make MLS a top four league in the world. It mm-hmm. just doesn't. It the only thing it can do that is letting owners spend what they want on on and just take the salary cap shackles off. And then you're going to have, yes, you're going to have no more parity, but it's going to be like all the other leagues around the world. There's not going to be any parity. And every once in a while, some lower payroll team will go on a run and have an amazing season like Leicester City did a few years ago or whatever. But mm-hmm. it it's not going to elevate this league the way that some people seem to think it's going to. No, absolutely not. I mean, all it takes is, as you mentioned, looking at how every other league in the world uh, operates and, and you know, looks at. You have two to six teams in each league that are at the top year after year after year after year after year. Um, the teams that are lower down than that, and I can already hear the pro-rel guys go, well, you know, pro-rel. Well, here's the thing with pro rail in the United States versus other countries. Um, let's just take the English Premier League and and its lower divisions as an example. A lot of those clubs have been around for a hundred or over one hundred years. They have generations of families that have been invested in that club and have grown up with it and handed that down, father to son, mother to daughter, etc. That is not the case in MLS. We do not have generation. The oldest teams might have two generations invested, maybe. And without that, if you forget, forget the money side with the owners not wanting to lose the money. But if you have a team that you follow in MLS and you're a relatively new uh, supporter and they go, they get relegated or even if they don't have pro rel, if they're just sitting at the bottom of the table all the time because of the new structure may not stick around because the rest of you sports in the U S are not like that. Yeah. And you're going to have to get, I mean, pretty close to hundred percent foreign ownership. uh, If you're going to have that, because American sports owners are not, that are not interested in dropping down a league. Nope. (laughs) They they want to keep their product at the highest level, and um, that's pretty much why we don't have it anywhere. That's, no, that's why we don't have it now, yeah. uh, and that's why we don't in in, in any sport, but certainly right. why we don't have it in soccer. And like I said, I've I've had this conversation with pro rail people before, and I've I've made the same argument I just made, and I said what I say is talk to me in seventy years, I'll be dead, but talk to me in seventy years, and you may then have an argument that it could happen. It's not going to happen anytime soon. I'm sorry. Well, if you have a clerics coin, you can, they can ask you five <laughs> questions. <laughs> That's true. Yes. They can ask me the five questions. Just please be careful so that you make sure they ask the one about pro rel. 
There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, I think we've talked enough about this. Again, I this wasn't meant to be a a crap on messy coming here. There are a lot of good things about this that I'm excited about. There's there's just overall, I think that the balance between the pros and the cons. Uh, I'm, certainly, it's good for the people that are involved, but you know the the league the, the league. It's good for the club, Miami. I don't know how good it's going to be for the rest of the clubs unless they are getting a little extra revenue. But uh, I don't know. For me, uh, it doesn't really matter except a couple times a year that Orlando City plays Miami, and I'm going to really hope that Cesar Araujo puts him in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the other thing my friend and I were talking about today is the 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 hope that that sometimes happens. And look, you know, the people who are benefiting from this are the same people who typically benefit, which is the money people. Mm-hmm. They're all very, very excited about this because they are going to make a ton of money from this. Yes, they're paying him a ton, but they're going to make even more. The people who are not benefiting, like I said, is you, me, other people in the stands trying to support our club that is not Miami. Where's the benefit? Yeah. The rich get richer. Um, and there's no guarantee Miami becomes a good team. Um, no, there's not a guarantee of that. There's talk that he'll bring other young players here and maybe he will, maybe other teams will benefit down the line with people wanting to come here and play against Messi or play with Messi. But, um, you know, some ludicrous tweet the other day talking about like four really high profile players that are you know, now gonna, Suarez and you know, yeah. follow Messi to Miami. And I'm like, you don't get more than three DPs unless you're an L.A. club. You can get four for a year if you're a Miami club, but then you get punished for it. Right. And you're already being punished for it. So it's not going to happen. Yeah. So not yeah. under the current structure. So it'll be Messi, Campana, and I believe Pizarro is still a DP down there. I'm not positive about that, but um, uh, that's your three. Yep. You don't get to add a, I mean, it, it would take some LA level gymnastics to say that Sergio Busquets is going to come here and, and be a TAM player. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. TAM player like Zlatan was, right? So You've got the amount of money we're going to say he's making and then all the other stuff that he's making from sponsors and and things behind the scenes that is not getting reported. Um, that's the kind of thing that is, is you know, if, if Miami suddenly is an all-star team, then you know something is absolutely wrong. Shenanigans. Definitely. Uh, but until then, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how this works out and, and uh, to see... Basically, everybody will watch this because the circus is coming to town every time he plays. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's going to be nuts. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to coming down this weekend. I would not want to come down for that match. As much as I would like to see Messi play live and as much as I would like to do that for my stepdaughter. Mm, nope, because even the hotels might decide that it's time to up the rates. Oh, yes, that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, everything will be more pricey. When Messi's in town, the Ubers will be more expensive. There's the, a messy tax. The hotel rooms will be more expensive. Yes, I, I believe that will be the case. But uh, anyway, um, hey, welcome to MLS, the messy, yeah. messy league soccer. <laughs> exactly. 
All right, Dave. Well, we've got more to come on the show. We've got a game against the Colorado Rapids this weekend. Or we don't. I mean, we could, no. but we would get absolutely clobbered. Um, yeah, they they might be they might be in the bottom of the uh, Western Conference, but they would absolutely destroy us. Yeah, Orlando City will be playing the Colorado Rapids. We will have our key matchups and our score predictions for that. We are going to have our mailbag box because Dave loves it, and by golly, we I have do. to have it. And uh, we've got a special guest, so we're going to get to all of that right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right. Joining us on the Mainland Podcast. Very happy to have with us the managing editor of Burgundy Wave and the co-host of Holding the High Line. Matt Pollard is with us. Matt, thanks for your time. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Very excited to talk about the Oscar Pereja Derby. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of the folks here, uh, they all remember Oscar with Dallas. But if you go back far enough, he was with Colorado as well. So we want to uh, we want to find out about the PIDs, as we call them, uh, you know, ahead of Saturday's matchup. And uh, I understand I've watched at least some of their games. I watched some of the San Jose game. And I just want to kind of get your thoughts overall as we start this on what are the 2023 Colorado Rapids? Give me the give me the high level view of this team. The 2023 Colorado Rapids are walking wounded. They have a lot of long-term injuries. They've had a significant number of periodic injuries that have popped up and one guy's out and then somebody else goes down. And this team does not have a lot of room for error in that regard. Uh, they've been without Diego Rubio for a significant period of time as well, who's their main talisman in the attack. Obviously, Jack Price, you got two substitute appearances out of him before he tore his Achilles and he's out for the year. And you look at the stat on just points per game, even going back to the Anthony Hudson era of Jack Price of the Colorado Rapids with and without Jack Price. With him, they're a playoff team. Without him, they're competing for the wooden spoon. And Kevin Cabral hasn't really worked out. This team's looking for ways to get goals. Uh, they are flawed defensively and can be taken advantage of by very good attacking players like Facundo Torres. And as a result, they're at or near the bottom of the table. Yeah. As you mentioned, near the bottom of the table, uh, had a rough go of it against San Jose, um, you know, had a red card, uh, Babito go out, and um, just, it seems like you guys are, are good to, or decent to start the first half, and then second half, everything falls apart. Um, yeah, I would say that's what happened in that particular game, David. I would say historically the Rapids are kind of, they're a little bit more inconsistent. It's not necessarily good first half, bad second half. They kind of adjust their way into games and then the opponent usually makes an adjustment in the second half that 
Um, at times, Robin Frazier is outcoached in those moments by not being able to adjust to the opposition's adjustments. But at other times, it's just been he simply hasn't had the horses. You know, um, Marlon Vargas and uh, Yosuke Hanya are two of the more impressive players that you have on Rapids 2 this season. And with the MLS roster rules, if I'm understanding them correctly, you're allowed to have four short-term agreements with them. And the Rapids have already maxed out for both of those players. You know, they had um, it wasn't against San Jose. It was the home game before, I believe, Philadelphia or Cincinnati, they all the losses kind of blend together after a while, guys, if you didn't know that. And so they they had three Rapids, two players on the bench because otherwise they wouldn't have had a full out bench. They didn't even have 20 players who are available for selection. That's how injury prone they've been. So they're fatigued. They are injured. They're short of options as well. This is a team that I think desperately needs the secondary transfer window to open. One thing to say for the context of this game on Saturday, David, though, is that this is the first full week of training that the club has had going back, I think, four or five weeks, um, every single full week in the month of May, including last week, which start, went into June, they have had a midweek game and there's been a lot of travel. So it hasn't been like home game, home game in a lot of those cases as well. So presumably they've gotten actually to have time to actually work on some big level tactical things, spend a good two, three hours out there on the pitch and actually work on stuff and hopefully get some guys back. Does that lead to a rejuvenated and, you know, maybe more numerous Colorado Rapids team that has a good start? and a good way to pivot into the second half, we shall see. So, Matt, Robin Frazier's uh, approach to to playing with his uh, with the lineup that he's got, has it changed at all, or is he, he still kind of uses the same tactics and formations that he normally uses? Has he adjusted anything? Um, he's made some adjustments, mostly in personnel and then a little bit in shape, but in principle, they're still kind of doing the same thing. They want to come out in a slightly aggressive mid block. They're not, you know, New York Red Bulls or Philadelphia Union pressing high up the pitch. They're also maybe not Montreal going back in a flat 442 or anything like that. So, you know, they want to press a little bit. They want to have the ball, but fundamentally, this team is most comfortable when they are in possession and they're playing well with the ball, usually out of the back to try and break lines through their center backs or their midfielders playing really good long balls. That hasn't worked for a number of reasons. They haven't always had the best wingers who are able to obtain those balls. They haven't had players. Uh, they've had injuries at center back. They've had injuries at midfield. Obviously, one of those players who's pinging really good, you know, wide, long 30-yard passes would be Jack Price, who's been unavailable. So I'll, I'll give Robin Frazier credit the last two or three games. He's really tried to change something, either in the personnel or in the shape that's tried to do something. It's had a mix of results. I would say, you know, Moise Bombito, before he got his two really harsh yellow cards on Saturday was absolutely fantastic and bringing something different to that position at the right center back position, right back position, depending on if it's a back five or a back four, and certainly something that Lala Sabubakar is not particularly adept at. And, you know, the Rapids come out, they have a really good first half. They've done everything except score goals. You figure if they continue going this way, they're going to keep San Jose under pressure. Bombito gets a red card. San Jose is able to play the game out in a rather lackluster, you know, nil-nil game in which I would say the Rapids were even better, you know, 40 minutes down a man on the whole. So um, not only are the Rapids have a lot of issues in-house, they aren't getting a whole lot of breaks and they aren't making a whole lot of their breaks as well. Um, this is a team that is not very good right now at overcoming adversity, whether or not it's self-inflicted. Um, you and Michael were joking uh, before we started recording about uh, the, the heat and the humidity that is going to be present in Central Florida this weekend. And, you know, we're, we're used to it. I know that the players are not. And as you mentioned, you know, not a ton to, of players to choose from, uh, especially, you know, when cramping starts to happen and stuff like that. Um, how big of a factor do you think that's going to be for the guys that are going to be able to make it? 
Um, I think it could be certainly a factor. You know, you look at it, you know, the Rapids historically don't do super great when they're thin injury wise, when they go down to Houston, that's another one where I'd look at, you know, if you got the hydration break for the night games, I'd look at it and wait for them to pan over to the Rapids, uh, Rapids sideline with all the 11 players over. And then does it look like the dark burgundy or does it look like it's sweat in burgundy? And normally that's what I see by about, you know, 35, 40 minutes in at Houston, at Dallas in the middle of the summer, certainly Orlando, the Rapids haven't played at Miami uh, I guess now they're going to have to because Messi's going to need an easy three points now that they're you know bottom of the table in the Eastern Conference certainly so I mean I think it's I think it certainly could be a factor but to, to your point David I, I think it's an easy narrative when you talk about the when you talk about a team going in who isn't used to that and who also hasn't won there you don't hear a lot of opposing podcasts or opposing media outlets talking about altitude right now so far this season because we're halfway through and the Rapids are winless at home and so so obviously in 2021, when the Rapids were very good at home, it was a huge deal. It was a big deal in 2016. And when the Rapids are towards the bottom of the Western Conference, you know, it's a nice narrative thing to talk about. And it's a thing that opposing players will talk about post game as well. But then nobody's like the, oh, yeah, the team overcame altitude or anything like that. No, it's they had a good game plan and they beat a bad team. So we'll, we'll see whether or not that happens. Um, Hopefully the Rapids are hydrating um, with their with all their body armor, or whatever the hydration sponsor of the league is now, since I know it's not Advocare. So. Hopefully the guys are chugging water right now. They'll be chugging a little bit more and maybe it'll be just hot enough for that hydration break for them to catch their breath and, and, and get some fluids in them, you know, in the first and second half. Uh, for the record, for the record on this podcast, we do talk about altitude when traveling out West. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause, cause we're at sea level, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Matt, uh, let's start with who is healthy. Who's going to be playing in this game. Give me, Give me two or three attackers and a couple of uh, defenders could be central midfielders or backline players who you think will be key to Colorado in this game. Yeah, well, first of all, guys, I have to say that uh, the Rapids comm team did just drop the uh, game notes for uh, in the MLS press box. And so if I can just read that out for you now, Max is out because he's under investigation for possibly doing bad things and breaking the law financially. So he's unavailable. And then we already knew about Jack Price being out. Moist Bombito is on a red guard uh, suspension. And the only other injury we have is Diego Rubio, who is questionable with an upper body injury. So possibly that means Michael Barrios back potentially available on on the bench as well. Um, I've lost, uh, I think, um, who was it? Somebody had a hamstring injury. Uh, Ralph Frizo was coming back from a calf, I think. So the so uh, in any case, to answer your question directly, Michael, I'm looking at three key players and I'm looking at the attack or not necessarily key in terms of how they're playing, but just would be key to the, how the Rapids play would mm -hmm. be Jonathan Lewis, Remy, excuse me, not Remy Cabral, um, Kevin Cabral, and then I will say Sam Nicholson, depending on where he plays. He's kind of been the utility guy getting played all over. Um, Jonathan Lewis is really fast. He's been a little bit more confident recently after he broke his duck. He didn't start off the season particularly well in terms of finishing or how he was playing. He's aggressive. He'll make stuff happen. Usually when he gets on the ball in space and normally him going solo, Kevin Cabral presses really well. Um, he's really good at breaking lines. I have to assume he's faster than Robin Jansen in a 40-yard dash as well. Cabral's also not super great at staying on side, and he hasn't been a particularly good finisher of the ball. I'm ready to label him a busted as far as this season is concerned. And then Sam Nicholson really has come alive in the last couple of weeks with some of the things that he's been asked to do on both sides of the ball. I thought he was fantastic in the game at Columbus. He scored the opening goal nine minutes in, and he's been a really good presser and aggressor in terms of like he hunts, uh, he hunts for the ball in a really good 
good way and has been very, very good in the press, both alone and as part of a system as well. So depending on if Orlando has a an issue, you know, when playing out of the back goes wrong, I would I would anticipate Sam Nicholson is the player who's making that go wrong. In defense, I think we have to start, um, you know, at the back with the DP center back, who's been very good for me, despite what I've said about the rest of the defense in Andreas Maxu, who's been absolutely fantastic. He's good in the air. He's a good leader. When Jack Price has been out, when William Yarbrough has not been in goal, he's been wearing the captain's armband. He's elevated himself from a leadership standpoint, trying to solve a lot of the problems. A lot of the problems are just absolute dysfunction around him. And there's only so much that he can do better in that regard. Um, I would look at to see whether or not Keegan Rosenberry starts. Starting at the right back position, we've seen, as I mentioned, Robin Frazier kind of tinker a little bit with that. And some of that hasn't necessarily been the shape. But is it really a 3-5 whatever or is it a 5-3 whatever in terms of how far or up the wing backs or the outside backs are playing? Keegan Rosenberry is more of a traditional right back. We have seen we've seen Moise Bombito there at times in more of a wing back role. Obviously, he won't be available. We've seen Sam Nicholson on both sides. We've seen Steven Badersher on both sides. They're both more aggressive than Keegan Rosenberry. And then I'd be curious to see what it looks like in goal. We've had uh, Marco Ilicia, who has started the last two games. He's on loan um, from uh, uh, KVK in Belgium, and he is on a short-term loan. There's an option to buy. I can't remember when that is, if it's actually the start of the European transfer window in Belgium or the start of the MLS transfer window. And so he started the last two games. He looked okay. I don't know that he's stopping any of the shots that I don't know that um, William Yarbrough is stopping any of the goals that um, Illich ultimately gave up or if he's or if he's making any additional saves or anything like that. But he's been decent in possession. He's been really loud um, in terms of uh, defensive communication and everything. So is this is there an actual competition going on in goal that Robin Frazier has right now? Was it a really nice opportunity to give Yarbrough a rest and get some actual MLS data points on Illich, who had not played outside of Open Cup play? I think it's an interesting question. Um, and what what that looks like given it'll be a certainly a hostile environment, certainly behind the the big purple wall that you have for games that I would think would have been more hostile than Columbus on a midweek and certainly the Rapids playing at home against San Jose. Those are the questions that I have when it comes to the defense. Now, Matt, if you're Oscar Pereira, uh, where are you attacking the Rapids? What's what's that look like? Um, usually it's been down the right, um, in the, excuse me, it's been down the, it's been down the attackers, right? The Colorado Rapids left side of the field, the left back position has really been an issue all season. Alex Gershback comes in from the second division in France and looked like a really sneaky, you know, guy they picked up, you know, from an analytics standpoint from the Rapids front office. And he comes in, starts that first game after being with the team for two weeks up in Seattle and they get shelled four nil. And three of those four goals came on his side of the pitch when he was already further upfield. Um, Typically, um, going back to even Sam Vines being on the team and um, and uh, not Ralph Prizo, excuse me, Lucas Estevez, the left side of the field is where the Rapids like to pivot more and like to emphasize in terms of being their strong side. So if they're playing in a back four and one of the fullbacks is being the more aggressive of the two, it's usually the guy on the left with Keegan Rosenberry staying and making it a back three. Maybe the holding midfielder drops between the center backs and makes it a back four. So typically that left side is the side they like to be more aggressive with. That's also the side where they've been more weak defensively. Um, so that would be the side that certainly I, I'd be lining up Facundo Torres at right winger right now if we're talking about the 4-2-3-1 from Oscar Pereja. And generally, guys, I, I this goes back to his time at FC Dallas. 
I, I don't know what it is. Oscar Pereja is really good at just making it an ugly game, not a whole lot of chances. And when they come to Commerce City, getting a nil-nil or a one-one and then finding ways to win by one goal when he's playing the team at home. He did that at Dallas. He's done that with Orlando, both in Orlando, both in Commerce City as well. I could see them just making this an absolutely ugly game, Felipe Martins, Poop Housery, and everything. And like I mentioned, the Rapids being a little bit thin, a little bit fragile right now emotionally that they kind of lose their cool and then ultimately they can get CONCACAF. Yeah. All right. Well, before we let you get out of here, a couple last questions here. One, I want to ask you about Connor Ronan, um, the Englishman, a goal and six assists. Six assists stands out to me, especially considering how many goals Colorado has scored this year. Is he a real playmaker or is he picking up a lot of those secondary assists? How's he been? First of all, Michael, I have to correct you as a ginger and an Irish descendant. Yes, Connor Ronan did play in England, but he's technically an Irish international. Okay. Um, I will get flack for that. <laughs> uh, certainly, Pork Smith is listening to this. He will, Born he will in, give me in crap England, about that. So I'm just, that's where I got that information. Okay. Okay. In any case, yes. English born, Irish international. Yeah. In any case, um, he's been fantastic. He was brought in to kind of, I think, finally replace the do everything utility midfielder that. Kellen Acosta was and really be a proper compliment to Jack Price, which the Rapids did not have prior to Kellen Acosta, and they have not really had since Kellen Acosta. And so it's it's fitting and fortuitous that Price goes down and immediately you have a guy that can just make that slight pivot into more of the six in the double pivot rather than being the eight in the double pivot. And I think he's really grown in confidence now that he's kind of had the responsibility of being asked to shoulder more of that load and really step up. You know, he's an absolute bulldog. He's really good, even though he's, you know, small and short. You know, I'm five foot six. I've stood next to him. We're about the same height. He's a little bit more muscle than me, certainly. But, you know, he'll go into challenges against guys that weigh more than him, that are taller than him, and he'll hold on to the ball. He'll win the ball from them. And I think he's been he's grown in confidence in terms of what he's trying to do from a possession standpoint going forward. That's something I feel like with Robin Frazier, with new midfielders, it takes them a while to kind of get used to that. You know, Mark Anthony Kay took a couple months in 2021 before he really got used to it. We've seen Ralph Prizzo is still certainly adjusting to it. Danny Leva has looked better coming on loan from Seattle the last couple games, and he wasn't super great in his first couple games. What Robin wants you to do on the ball, certainly in the middle third of the attacking third and the effort and the focus on some of that decision making can be particularly complex. And Connor Ronan's adjusted to it absolutely fantastically. He broke out with three assists, uh, an assist on all three goals against the LA Galaxy. That was like two months ago, and that was also the Rapids' last win, so it feels like a while ago. But Connor Ronan's going to be critical in this game if the Rapids are going to get a result. He's going to be important to the work rate defensively, to organizing that shape defensively, and he's going to be critical to when the Rapids win the ball back, doing something in transition. And certainly if they get a set piece, Rapids haven't been as good at uh, restarts as they have been in the past as well. You know, he'll his service will be critical if they're going to try and get anything from a corner or a free kick. All right, Matt. So finish this sentence um, or these two sentences. Colorado wins the game if blank happens. Orlando wins the game if blank happens. Uh, Colorado wins the game if they play absolutely perfect based on just where they are from a forum standpoint, if they have their best performance that they've had really in the last two months. And Orlando, you said Orlando wins the game. So that leaves me room for to not address the absolute double negative and in there being a draw, certainly in this situation. I would say if the Rapids make a mistake and Orlando is able to capitalize on this, or if something else, either self-inflicted or not self-inflicted, happens to the Rapids that puts them 
them behind the eight ball and they're not able to recover. So an early injury to a critical player, certainly a red card, as we saw on Saturday, a penalty, whether or not it's warranted or anything. Uh, this team doesn't have a lot of room for error and anything that comes that's 50-50 from the official or a mistake from a Rapids player, they've shown that they haven't been able to overcome that. So anything like that where the Rapids make a big mistake and Orlando's able to overcome it, Orlando just plays really, really well. Facundo Torres, you know, goal of the, goal of the week or something like that, um, the Rapids will lose this match. Well, there's two things we don't ever get. And one is um, undo things from the officials. And another thing is goal of the week. <laughs> okay. We don't get those things here. All right. I look forward to this nil-nil draw on Saturday. We're not allowed gentlemen. to have nice things, as, <laughs> as we say on the show many times. Uh, you got a score prediction for us, Matt? Uh so much of this is just is just lineup dependent for me to be honest. Um, I'll say Orlando wins this game by wins this game by one. I could see an absolute just insanity. I think it was four three in Hudson's last year early in the season, and it was an absolute mm-hmm. rain soaked game. I think that was the last time the Rapids have been out to Exploria, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think it'll be a one goal game. It could be an absolute snoozer one nil until the the goal absolutely happens, or it could be just an absolute chaos fest because MLS and B three two and have a penalty and a sending off. All right. Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at LWS Matt Pollard, and you can check out my Rapids related content at burgundywave.com. We got a bunch of stuff coming later tonight. Well, I'm not sure when this uh, when this is getting released, Michael, but if you're listening to us on Friday or Saturday, we've got a bunch of new content coming out, including our rapid specific preview of the game on Saturday. And then obviously uh, holding the high line with Rabbi and Red, find it, uh, the podcast on your favorite podcatcher. We've already released for this week. So we've talked about what we're looking at in terms of this Orlando game and what we see. And our take on whether or not Rapids fans should still feel something towards Oscar Pereja, even though it's been almost a decade since he's left and he's no longer at the club that he broke up with the Rapids to join. Yeah. All right. Well, this will make you feel better, Matt. Whenever a team is on a prolonged winless streak or losing streak, Orlando seems to be what, what exactly what those teams need. That's, that's what our claim to fame is. If you've lost six in a row, come to Orlando. <laughs> All right. Rapids 1-0. Anthony Marcanish Golasso. Here we go. I would not rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on and telling us a little bit about the Rapids. And we look forward to catching up with you again the next time we play. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. All right. We're back. And we want to thank Matt Pollard of Burgundy Wave for coming on and uh, giving us the scoop on the PIDs. He's a... a quick talking guy gets a lot of thoughts out quickly, which is good because, um, you know, some of our verbose guests don't get through their thoughts as quickly as he did. They don't, but he obviously also knows what the heck he's talking about. Yeah, he and does. so we, we really, really appreciate him coming on and giving us the insight into the, uh, opponent for this weekend. Yeah. We don't always see these Western conference teams very often. We don't always get to watch them. I, I try because of the way that the Apple schedules are with a lot of the teams in the East playing at 7.30, then the Western teams playing staggered like 8.30, 9.30, 10.30. I rarely get to see more than half of a game now because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I could because they're all on there for me to watch if I want to, but I really prefer watching them live than seeing, than clicking open my Apple uh, MLS season pass, seeing what the score is and then deciding if I want to watch the game or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have seen them some, but it's always good to have somebody like Matt come on and, and give us the scoop because he watches them week in and week out the way we do Orlando City. Indeed. 
and uh, good luck to them with their Patreon. That was uh, an interesting pivot. A lot of people have gone the Substack route. Some have gone independent like us and some have gone Patreon. So uh, we wish them the best of luck over at the Burgundy Wave. Yeah, always good to see our uh, our fellow blogs uh, making good. Dave, how would you feel if I asked you about opening the mailbag box? I love the mailbag box. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. There's a couple of ways you can ask us anything in the Mainland Podcast. You know them, you love them. But if you're a first-time listener because you wanted to hear what we had to say about Messi, because that's how this works, uh, yeah. you can get a hold of us a number of ways. One is to email us at themainland at gmail.com. And another is to hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the mainland. And you can use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And we will find your question in the vast Twitterverse and we will answer it. You can also go to the mainland.com and hit the podcast uh, page, the web page for the podcast. And there's a little form that you can fill out and ask us anything there. So many ways. And those questions can be about anything. They can be about Orlando City. They can be about soccer in general. They can be about anything. Doesn't even have to be about soccer. Many things. The very definition of ask us anything is what, is what I'm trying to get across. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Uh, nobody asked us anything in the email this week. So I'm hoping we have something in the Twitter. I mean, I shouldn't say this week because we do two shows a week. We had some earlier this week. We don't have any for this particular show, but maybe in the Twitters we do. Well, Michael, you are in luck because we do indeed. Uh, our longtime friend of the pod and mainland contributor, Ryan Smith, has popped in to say, if you could take one player from any of Orlando City's rival teams, who would it be and why? He does say. For this exercise, assume Messi isn't at Miami yet. Okay. I'm going to assume that until I see his that he's actually signed. I'm going to just assume that. There's one other thing. If you take a DP, you got to cut a DP. Roster must be relatively compliant as much as possible. Okay. Um, here's what I would do then. I would take... So you're talking about rival teams. So let's let's narrow those down. We're talking about Miami, talking mm-hmm. about Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, who else New are we York. talking about? I mean, I I would are the the five or so that we've the four to five we've talked about typically are uh, Miami, Atlanta, uh, New York City, mm-hmm. um, and then we've we've thrown in depending Columbus and Nashville. All right, I will take. Hani Mokhtar, and I will, because he's a DP, I will buy down Martin Ojeda to a TAM player contract. Well, you read my mind because that's, in fact, what I was going to do as well because uh, he's exactly the type of player that you and I were wanting Mm -hmm. uh, prior to the season. And And every team in MLS. (laughs) Yes. And so if we can... If we can have him and all the goals that he scores, then yeah. Plus, he's also then not scoring goals against us, so double bonus time. Um, you know, the other uh, other possibility is um, uh, assuming you know if we got him and Torres has been on a tear and Torres gets signed by some European team, and then 
I'm not having to to buy anybody down. You know, that's a possibility too. But yeah. uh, your your suggestion is is much more likely. Um, but uh, you know, and and we talked earlier in this week about all the paying mechanisms and the salary cap and how all that works. So if you're if you're cur- curious about that, go back and listen to the previous episode. Yeah. But I think that's that's the obvious answer because I mean he's the reigning league MVP. He's well on his way to winning it again. Mm-hmm. I mean that's those those are the ones that the difference makers are the ones you need. And Orlando's got some guys that can be difference makers, but on a, con- a consistency level, I mean it, you can you can keep Mukhtar under control for eighty nine minutes, but if you let your attention slip for one, he's going to burn you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I much 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 rather have him uh, scoring goals for us than scoring goals against us. Absolutely, and um, then I would love to see what Nashville does because if you're a defensive club and you don't have that offensive star, then what do you do? Uh, you try to draw every single match. <laughs> We've seen that. We've seen that. Which they already kind of do. Yeah. All right, Dave. That's it for the mailbag box, huh? That's it for the mailbag. We had a pretty good one earlier in the week. So okay. light mailbag uh, box. Know. That's fine. We can, yeah. we can get on with things because we've had some long discussions already. Um, mm-hmm. That brings us to the end, which is to uh, to talk a little about the Colorado Rapids, a team that, like I said, we don't see very often. Uh, the Rapids, Dave, are 2-8-7 and seven on the season, 13 points in 17 games played. They are 13th in the West uh, ahead of only LA Galaxy by one point. Galaxy have two games in hand, however, Um, Mm -hmm. but the way the Galaxy have been playing, I wouldn't necessarily put money on them to win either of those games in hand. No, that's yeah. It's it's not pretty at at the Galaxy right now. Colorado, a lot like Orlando in some respects. They are better on the road than they are at home. They are 0-4-4 at home. They are 2-4-3 on the road, which is still not great, but 2-4-3 on the road is is better than several other teams. They are 0-5-1 in their last six. And like I said, if you come in here on a streak that's a bad streak, Orlando loves to oblige teams like that. I don't know why. It doesn't matter how bad they are or how bad a form they're in. For whatever reason, the Lions just don't beat those particular teams, or at least historically they haven't. Um, I don't know how many times we've said so and such and such team came in having lost their last seven and they won or lost their last five or winless in 10 or whatever. I remember it was DC last year, I think, was on a six-game losing streak when they came into Orlando. Why do we have to be such good hosts? Oh, yeah, I, I really rather we didn't also. But it's it's worse than that, Michael, because Orlando City is riding a five-match unbeaten streak. So you've got the, the dual streak potential breakage in this match. And that's, mm. that's utterly scary because... As, I, as I've said before, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. And that's that's a lot of stitiousness. So you get the two teams that are better on the road than they are at home playing each other. So as you would think it would tend to favor the road team. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 definitely there's definitely some uh very touchy feely reasons why this doesn't feel good. It feels like a trap, General Akbar or Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar, yeah. He's out there saying it's, it's a, a trap. Um, yeah. And there's and there are people listening right now going, you guys are idiots. They're going to kill Colorado. And maybe they will. I hope so. They played like really great against the Red Bulls. 
Mm -hmm. Really great in Miami. Did not play. And I actually, I think they played really, really great against Atlanta. They just didn't score goals. They just scored a goal. Uh, But I thought they played a phenomenal game against Atlanta. And man, it's just been, it's just been a little rough getting, getting those uh, results here. So I don't know what we're going to see, but here are the players to watch, you know, and, and Matt Pollard mentioned some of these Diego Rubio, a goal and three assists on the year. Uh, he's, he's been banged up, but you know, he, he's dangerous whenever he's out there. Uh, Connor Ronan, a goal and six assists. He's a playmaker and he's going to bear watching no matter where on the pitch he's playing. Uh, Michael Barrios tends to run around like a, like a crazy I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what to call him. Um, Tasmanian devil. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's excellent. That's a, that's the perfect thing. He runs around, he's quick. He creates chaos and he's got two goals and two assists this year. And nobody on the team has more than two goals this year, but they've got several with two, including Lalas Bubakar, defender who can get up and, and get onto set pieces, Cole Bassett and uh, Kevin Cabral. I know Kevin Cabral has been, uh, disappointing to Colorado fans. Before that, he was disappointing to LA Galaxy fans. Maybe he's just disappointing in MLS. <laughs> yeah, could be. But he he does have some speed and some skill. He can hurt you. And Jonathan Lewis has a lot of speed as well. So it's going to be really imperative for Orlando to be able to deal with the speed of of a Cabral, of a Barrios, of a of a Jonathan Lewis. Those guys are quick. And Orlando right now. You're looking at, you know, Santos has been inconsistent on his side of the field, uh, tracking back and staying with guys. And Kyle Smith, we know about his foot speed. He's no one will ever question Kyle Smith's heart, his determination, his his loyalty to the team, his commitment. None of that's in question. His effort. Nobody questions any of that from Kyle, but he's not the fleetest of foot. He's not. And, and, you know, look, we like Kyle a lot. We really do. But yeah, he's, he's, he's not fast. Um, it's there's, there are some, some good things, uh, as well. I mean, it, you know, they're coming from high altitude down to sea level and they're coming into what I'm going to expect, uh, given the time of the year is going to be a hot muggy night in Orlando. Um, I've, traveled out west and usually when i go out there and i'm if i was to go out to to their stadium i would need to be drinking water like a fish because i would feel like i was drying out like a fish on land i would have a a a tube of a of lip balm because my lips would be cracking the opposite is true when people who live there come here in that they feel like they are swimming in the air what do they do do they just like eat like a bag of pretzels I, I don't know, but I mean, it's like, you know, we go there and it's, you know, we're fish out of water. They come here and it's, it's like a person getting in the water for them. I mean, it's, the air is very heavy. Um, you know, that's why we see the the cramping and whatnot. And that's even for the people who live here, let alone, you know, players that are, are living at altitude most of the time. So there is that advantage. Um, I also think that, uh, the pits have, um, you know, they've struggled uh, during matches, as Matt has uh, mentioned, especially once adjustments are made. And and we've seen that Oscar's at least recently been pretty decent in making those adjustments. So I th- there are some some things that I think are good indications that Orlando can, you know, can do well in this match. Will they do them? That's going to be the question. Yeah. Um, 
the good news is that the player availability report, Dave, lists Luca Petrasso as questionable. Uh, out Adam Grinwis is in concussion protocol. Your third goalkeeper, Abdi Salim, who wasn't going to play is out with a left knee and Gaston Gonzalez remains out with that right thigh. Uh, no mention of Cesar Araujo on the availability report. So he should be good to go. Even though we were all holding our breath when he left the field against the Red Bulls. We were, and from what I understand, he was in training this week. And so, uh, look, He's kind of like uh, we used to say um, uh, say about the bear. I mean, about Junior Urso. If if he can go, he's going to go. You're not going to be able to stop him from going. Mm-hmm. And you know, we and fortunately now, and we we talked about it uh, last podcast. He's got help back there now with uh, Wilder Cartagena. Uh, Cartagena stepped up and is is doing doing very well um, back there. So it's it's not just the one man show anymore. Yeah, they're going to need all of that, and they're, you know, it might behoove Orlando to play like the road team in this game. Let Colorado have possession, boot the mm-hmm. ball down the field, and then try to dispossess them and hit them in transition. Uh, they, I think, this Orlando team has been built in a way that they haven't figured out the home style of play yet. I think it will come, but what they are really good at already is to becoming that that play defense and counterattacking team that the, the way that most teams play on the road and the way Orlando has always played on the road. Yeah. Uh, I, look, my article, I mentioned, treat it like a way match, you know, forget that, <laughs> forget that the fans are there, mm-hmm. you know, assume that they're booing against you, even though, you know, they're not, uh, you know, cheering against you because they're not, but you know, act like it's a way match because they're doing much better away than they are at home. You don't have to, possess the ball and be an exciting flashy attacking team just give us a few goals you know just just hit them on the counter a few times that'll be entertaining we were very entertained <laughs> uh during the red bulls game where they scored three goals and and played in the way manner that we're speaking i was very very entertained i know yeah. you were very entertained yeah um and this isn't like an an advocacy for a style of play that i've many times said I hated, which is Nashville style. Um, it's just that until you get comfortable playing at home, maybe that's the way to go at home and and to build some points that way and uh, and just sort of work your way up the table. Because if you're getting yeah. results on the road and you can start getting some results at home, you're going to start climbing. And this team, we've seen what happens to the teams in the playoffs on the road. It doesn't go well. Now there's a new format this year, so maybe things will be different this year. But yeah, could be. First of all, you got to clinch, and it's much easier to clinch if you're higher in the table. You get to clinch earlier. Oh, please clinch earlier <laughs> instead of waiting until the last day, like the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah, I, I was. Uh, I'm doing the never-ending going through the old recaps thing. Uh, actually, it should end. I just got through 2020 and started on the 2021 preseason. Uh, for the old recaps on our website that came over from SB Nation. And 2020 was the only year that the team actually clinched a few games before the end of the season. And it was it was like reading that recap again and going, oh, they clinched a playoff spot oh, with X number of games to play. That's what I want. That's what I want to see. I'd forgotten that it happened, honestly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, they uh they they finished in the top four so 
hey, you clinched a home playoff spot that year. So yeah, you get it done early and you, you get to be the home team. And this year, if it's a best of three, you get to be the home team twice if you don't win the first one of the first two. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be better. All right. Um, did we give our key matchups and score predictions and all that? We didn't, did we? We have not. <laughs> wow. We got to get this over with. Dave, key matchup, please, and uh, score prediction. All right. For me, actually, it's it's going to be uh, mentality. Um, the Lions have the re- one of the reasons I think that they've struggled at home is, is they're trying too hard. They want to get the win for the the fans that are there, and and so they're pressing. They're they're up in their heads. Just relax. Get out of your heads. Go play the game. Let it come to you. Do you know? It, treat it like an away game. Whatever they've got to do mentally to put themselves in the position to win it. Um, that's what they need to do. And it's, it's also partially bucking that trend of letting that team come in there. And I think if, if they're trying too hard to make sure they get that result or that win, then that's when things can go wrong because that's when you start pressing passes that you shouldn't. And that's when, that's when you give it away in the back or you give it away in the midfield and bad things happen. So just head on, right, go in, play the, you know, Go do Oscar's game plan and and just let the game come to you. Um, I'm going to say, because I'm going to be down there, they're going to buck the trend of, of you know, helping out the, the team that's struggling. And uh, Orlando is going to win this match uh, on the basis of listening to what we say and me being there. 2-0 win at home and, you know, Go Lions. All right. Some optimism from Dave. Dave's giving him the podcast bump in person. That's right. (laughs) All right, Dave, the, uh, I'm going to piggyback on what our guest said. And I'm going to say that for me, the key matchup is how does Facundo Torres on that right wing, uh, respond to Colorado being weak on that side. That seems like the matchup that Orlando can exploit. So for me, Faku's got to keep it going. He found something at New York, scored a couple goals. The key matchup for me, can he keep it going by exploiting Colorado's weakness down their defensive left? So that to me is the key. And I'm going to say it's a, uh, this is a series where Orlando's 3-0-0 at home against the Rapids. You've given them a 2-0 win in your prediction. I'm looking at recent results. At home against Atlanta, 1-1. At home against New York City FC, 1-1. I I'm gonna say 1-1. <laughs> All right. I look, that's that makes as much sense as anything. And if I wasn't coming down there, I'd probably be right there with you. Um, but consider this the last uh Western Conference team to come and play at Exploria Stadium was the LA Galaxy, mm-hmm. who sits just below them, and that was a two-nil win. Sure was. And I would love for you to be right more than for me to be right. Yes. Let's hope. And um, yeah, it, but if we're both wrong and it's a that, three or more goal win, that'd be great. Cause I don't know the last time Orlando has had back-to-back wins of three or more goals. That has been ages. If it's ever happened. Yeah. We'll have to go back and look, but that, that would be, that'd be really cool. It would be, and you would I'd like to see that because you yes, might see the opposite of that on Sunday. I, yeah, most certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Not trying to say that 
that the pride don't have a chance to beat the thorns. I'm just saying that probably the pride will not beat the thorns. Well, our predictions on Scoperp would indicate that we don't think that they have much of a chance because neither of us predicted a good yeah, result. But, you know, we're, we're happy to be proven wrong um, when we pick like that. Yeah. Um, that's not why we pick like that, but we are, we are not, we are not so egotistical that we need to be right. No, uh, we're happy to be wrong if it's wrong in the right way. Correct. All right, Dave, anything else to add or we get to get on out of here? Uh, no, I just got to get out my couple bucks to tip for Messi, And then I think we're all done. Okay. That sounds good. Then I think we'll call a halt to these proceedings. Thanks to everyone who listened. Thanks, of course, to those who uh, have asked us questions this week. That would apply only to Ryan Smith. But we do thank everybody's asked questions in the past. We do miss you, David Victor and Lee Gavlik and all of the folks. Spot, all of you guys who used to ask questions regularly and have, have gone on to busier lives and more important things. We do miss you. Uh, so drop us a line every now and then. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about this Rapids game. Uh, of course, in our first of two shows next week, we will do that. We're, of course, going to be looking ahead to the next match, Dave, which, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm so tired this week, but I know we got New England coming up on the road. That's mm-hmm. never a fun trip. Going to, uh, going to Foxborough is never fun. Got Philadelphia nope. coming here for a midweek game. Got to go see the Seattle Sounders. So it's a difficult month. June's June's yeah. tough. June's not tough for the same reasons. May, May was tough because of the number of games. June is difficult because of the degree of difficulty. So really, this Rapids game is a. I would say it's a must win. Yeah. No, I would agree. Especially, uh, like you say, looking ahead um, in the rest of June, it's. Degree of difficulty is right. It's it's a lot tougher, um, especially with you know which ones are home and away. So uh, um, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can read our stuff at themainland.com. We would appreciate that. That's that's our that's our mothership. That's where we're from. It's what we do. Uh, we write on themainland.com. Please read our stuff there. Follow us on Twitter at the mainland. Follow Dave at mainland Dave. Follow me at mainland Michael, and like us on Facebook rate review and all the things subscribe to this podcast we didn't have any five star ratings this week we appreciate and wherever you get your podcast give us a rating and a re- write a review doesn't take you but a few seconds and it helps us immensely and if it's a five star rating with a review on apple podcast we'll read it on the next show didn't get any of those this week but we got two in the last two shows so that's pretty good yeah yeah we're we're you know we're feeling we're feeling okay, but let's let's not slip back into bad habits. Let's yeah. have some more. Let's get them get them going. Everybody you know, get everybody you know to get on there and rate and review us. And we'll be back next week. Thanks everybody, and thanks again to our friend Matt Pollard from Burgundy Wave. Only thing left to do is what we always do at the end, and that's to say, Go City. <laughs>